All right, everybody. It is Thursday. So we are doing, guess what? The IEG Thursday thing. This thing that we do every Thursday where we try to hang out, talk to people, not sound like morons. Um, and uh, basically just have a good time. Um, one of my favorite things to do when we do this show is talk to different people around the community. Different, it, it, I, And you see a lot of the same people talking on social media and stuff like that. And sometimes it's fun to get them out from behind the keyboard and actually talk to them directly. A lot of these people are pretty OG. They've been around a minute. And uh, it's... Um, it's, it's really refreshing to talk to them and a lot of them work in the industry. And this is why we have this segment called talking shop, where I try to find a particular personality in the community. And usually somebody works for a shop, most of the time an IEG shop. And, uh, we, we sit down and chat about what's going on in their neck of the woods and, uh, you know, talk shop. So, uh, today... We have Ryan from Turbo Time. Um, Turbo Time is a shop down in North Carolina um, that deals mostly with Subarus, but they've got kind of an interesting background. We're going to chat about that um, for a little bit. And Ryan himself has been around for a pretty long time, and he's one of the uh, he's one of the um, I don't want to call him more vocal, but he, he tends to uh, he. He tends to vocalize the truth more than most, so I figured he'd be a good time to have on here. Um, and and yeah, we can you know chat it up. You guys can meet some new people, and you might accidentally learn something. Oh God! Um, so welcome to the show, Ryan. How you doing? Good, man. Thank you much. Um, so here. you work at Turbo Time? Yep. Um, let's yep. let's we, talk we are, about Turbo uh, Time in Sanford. Yeah, go we're for already it. No bad at this. <laughs> Sorry, all right. I, I will do my best not to talk over you. I'm yeah, I got you. That. Where's Turbo Time? Uh, we are in Sanford, North Carolina. Uh, we started in uh, Wake County in Cary. Um, moved a, a few years ago. Uh, if, if we're going to get into stories, that's a big long one later. But uh, yeah, we're okay. actually in a 1964 Firestone now. Uh, we're we're pretty happy. We kind of got thrown into the briar patch and. We're happy with the result. So, I don't know much about Sanford. Is that still kind of a suburb of Raleigh? Oh, that's a ways out, a little further. You're almost yep. between Raleigh and Fayetteville. Okay. Yep, exactly. It's kind of it's two counties down. Like I still live in Cary, so I have to make that drive every day. It's not very fun. Um, but yeah, we we uh, Wake County became a little bit difficult to have a shop of our size several years ago. Um, yeah, you're finding a lot of, of, of places like ours that are more specialized um, are starting to move away. There's just the spaces uh, of this kind of size aren't really available. Even smaller stuff is starting to, to go away. Um, there's some politics to that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we, we ended up down here a few years ago, just kind of at the last possible minute. Um, we, we needed a place to move. Uh, we found this place on a Monday, signed the lease on a Friday, already had the old shop packed up on Wednesday, and the moving trucks couldn't actually bring anything until Sunday. So it was a pretty interesting week. Uh, but yeah, we ended Raleigh's up in growing about five fast. Years so Yeah, I could it really is. Being... All of Wake County, Durham, Orange, all of that is just, it's all blowing up. But Wake County especially, like that's one of yeah. the most 
I mean, they're growing faster than any other county in North Carolina. I, I don't doubt it a bit. Yeah. Raleigh was already kind of a cool city when I was around. I was stationed um, in uh, in Jacksonville. Oh, were you in at, at Lejeune? I was were at Lejeune, at my guy. Yeah, yeah, nice, man. Hell yeah, nice. Yeah, we used to we used to go out to Vietnam all the time and uh, race the uh, (laughs) race the army boys and uh, take all their money. Yes, and then uh, yes, yeah, of course. Yep, back in the day, dude. That was with my with my sweet guys coming to town. Oh, I was going to ask you what you would bring down to Fayetteville. Nice, yeah. So you probably raced uh, at least one of my friends uh, at some point. Uh, Had a friend with a Type R. Uh, buddy with a Black Widow kit on a Civic Si with a good bit of nitrous. Um, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> you guys probably crossed paths. Oh man, dude, we we would go out there and we would we would destroy these guys. But we we had a fairly organized group, you know, and, and we'd bring guys, everything from you guys at the to, time, uh, which was a Nutcase Supra, you know, and we would bring the Nutcase Supra all the way down to. I would, I'd be cleaning up the, on the side. It was all side action for me because I was running around. Yes. The dude had like a thousand wheel horsepower Supra when thousand wheel horsepower wasn't a thing. I'd was be bringing out my. Oh, dude, the dude that worked at the audio store and had the alphabet soup. It was a black car. Was, was it a black Supra or was it white? He's, was it he's white had one? a couple of them. Well, no, he had a, he had a green one that burned to the ground. Then he had yes. a white one. That's rich Homer. Yeah. He's... Unfortunately he passed. Yes. Yes, did he really? Yeah, that was I uh, never knew that. Wow. Majestic Motorsports is the name of that shop out in Jacksonville, um, or yes, near Jacksonville. Yeah. And he, yeah, he passed unfortunately. He passed. Yeah, wow. he was I, that guy was a legend that. in our day. He owned like five stereo shops, and that's how he funded all yes. this stuff, which is what you do he, around. Yeah, he sold that was rich in over. like nineteen. No, let's see, it was like two thousand two. He sold yeah. his whole alphabet soup setup like tuned and everything for about 600 horsepower to my buddy Chris uh, with his red Supra. And I, I put all the stuff yeah. on. Uh, it was like a T66 and, yep. uh, you know, the whole HKS Apex, all of the alphabet soup stuff. Um, yeah. And it was all set up. All the dials were already turned. So we just yeah. plugged it in and dynoed it. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I didn't know he had passed. That's crazy. Yeah. We I used did to my EFI 101 um, dyno class a, at Majestic. We went out to a, a drag event out near Fayetteville that was ran at the track instead of on the street. Um, yeah. yeah was, and it was one of those that runs all night kind of things. Yeah. And yes. like uh-huh. three Freaking in the morning, morning, his, his, his original car three in the morning thing catches on fire and they couldn't put it out at the track. They had to call the, it's so it burned to the ground while they were waiting for yeah, the, the fire that. truck from town to come in. Yeah. That was, that was rich Homer's car. Wow. Yeah. I know. I, crazy I times, that right? Exactly. Freaky Friday. Yeah, for real. Like, man, yep. it is it ends up being a really small world for me a lot. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we that's used to, wild. Man, yeah. That, that was my stomping grounds, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome though. Like I yeah, that's fantastic. You guys came down to Fayetteville all the time. That's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, I, I man, some of my favorite like goofball drag strip memories are like walking around Fayetteville, like on a freaky Friday at like two in the morning talking shit, just like setting up side races. I had a buddy named Ira that had a a doo-doo brown Camaro um, with, like, a small block in it with, like, one overboard cylinder and, like, a diesel turbo and a ton of nitrous. And he would, like, sandbag, like, runs and then 
set people up to go do highway pulls like afterwards and just collect yep. cash. It was he will race RC cars like he had a, a stripes laid out for a scale quarter mile at like a Lowe's parking lot and he would race like nitro RC cars for money. Like he's that kind of dude. So yeah, those are some of my favorite memories is like late Friday night at we, we, uh, all right. So this Forester that my buddy Scott had, it was an automatic 05 XT with a VF 22 on it. Um, and like, uh, I, man, I want to say uh, the turbo excess game boy on it. Um, yeah, yeah, the we, old uh, boost controller, turbo access boost controller that you used a Game yes. Boy Advance for. Yes, the, yeah. this is the Game Boy Advance. It was also technically a fuel controller too, I think. Um, but either way, no, 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 no. He didn't have the controller. He had the stupid little click button on the left side with the dial counter to tell you what map you were on. Um, so yeah, it was ridiculous. We went down there, and he decided he did like three runs that night, and what just wasn't super happy. And it was like, man, that car's already running like kind of lowish 11s. Like, that's not bad. Like, for an automatic, mostly stock Forester XT with like that's an HKS downpipe and a GF22. Yeah. I mean, it was, dude, what more do you want? Like, you're getting everything you can get out of this car. Um, he went over and pulled the wastegate hose off of like the reference hose off of the turbo and then went and did another pull. So he boosts it at the line, brake boosts it like he normally had, but now it made all of the boosts that a VF22 could make. And it just split the 4EAT at the cast iron plate in the middle. Like he didn't even move. It went like six inches. It was just like, and then just exploded. And there was a giant puddle under the ground. And the two people I was with were like, what just happened? I was like, just go push the car. Come on, we got to go push it back. And it was she just done. Yeah, dumped all of the gear. Yeah, all of the gear lube, all of the the ATF. And he drove it down there, and we didn't have another ride back, so we had to wait for a buddy of ours who was down there with his Turbo IS to drive back to his house, get his trailer and truck, and come back and pick us up. It was ridiculous, but it's still one of my favorite memories. It's a good story. <laughs> Man. I mean, it, those, those like, I broke it and I'm stuck stories are some of the most interesting. I got a few of those that are ridiculous. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's chat about Turbo Bad Time decision. real quick. Let's, let's get through yeah. some of the bigness. Um, <laughs> so you guys, you guys are now in Sanford, North Carolina. Yeah. Yep. Um, we, uh, we started in Cary. Um, and like you mentioned, I, I, we started off with, uh, like Cyclone and typhoon stuff um that's actually yeah. how i met the the previous so, owner um, for you uh gen z who have no idea what we're talking about hey, let me because cyclones and typhoons i'm pretty sure the majority of the people in here will know but if somebody's listening you don't know what they are essentially they were um in the the late 80s early 90s gm decided hey we're gonna stick a turbo v6 with all-wheel drive inside of an s10 and a blazer and we're going to we're we're going to make these street monsters for no reason whatsoever. And they are awesome. They are very rare. Yeah, <laughs> literally just help. to piss off everybody else. <laughs> I love yeah, those much. things so much. <laughs> uh, they're so and it's so much fun. Like Corvette guys like love to hate them, you know, because that year you get to remind them that it was like, hey, it's it was technically faster than your Corvette was. Uh, yeah, small block in it. They love that shit. Um, well, you know, at least the guys that have that generation of Corvette, like they're the most fun to play with. So, oh yeah, but yeah, we we started off with those. The, Eric, 
like the whole reason I met him was because I got I, I was at a dealership um, in Chapel Hill Performance Chevrolet Subaru BMW and Porsche, um, and a Cyclone came through as a used car. Did you say it Chevrolet came... and Porsche? That was that was yeah. all in one dealership. Yes, who it the, was. It was. Who the hell said that? Rick Can you imagine? I'm going to buy a, a Chevy Corsica, and maybe I'll cross shop this 911. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was who Rick Hendrick. Grandchild of Rick Hendrick. Yeah. Oh yeah, Rick I, Hendrick, I mean, man. Yeah. The guy's a madman. So, okay. Chevrolet. Yeah. Oh, he is. Oh, yes. Dude, they had stories. When I got there, it didn't happen, but he would still come and do his visit once a year. But before sure. I got there, when he had first started the place, that before they built across the street on 15501, he would land his helicopter across the street to do his yearly visits. And like, oh, man. land his helicopter, come and hang out with the employees, and then like, head out on his helicopter back to Charlotte. Like, yeah. He's, he's that dude. So, yeah. That was his his brainchild was like this mega dealer, one of the first kind of all-in-one auto malls, like especially in that area. So yeah, it was it actually had a Saturn dealer too. It had the first Saturn dealer in North Carolina. Um, so yeah, every a little bit of everything. Um, but by the time I got there, they they were selling a lot of Corvettes, but the dealership and carry sold more. And so apparently someone decided they had to have a, a C5 Z06 and they traded it a cyclone to get it. Um and our dealer got it because our uh, used car sales manager thought he already had like two or three guys sort of lined up. Um, and so he yeah. ran it through the shop one, one evening. So none of the other techs would see it. But like one of my buddies that was a Chevrolet guy uh, was like, Hey, uh, we're getting a cyclone tonight. You want to come, you want to stay around and look at it? I was like, yeah, I'll be here anyway. So yeah, let's take a look at that truck. So we get it in the air. We're looking at it. And the, the used car guy comes out and he's gloating. Um, he's like, yeah, I didn't pay shit to get this thing. That's great. And we're like, oh, nice. Yeah, this thing's in really great condition. 16,000 miles. This thing's beautiful. Yeah, this is great. Hey, so how much did you say you paid for it? And he's like, da, 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 da. I was like, oh, awesome. So I want to invoke my 7% over employee cost, uh, option right now. And he was like, what now? I was like, yeah, I want to go ahead and buy this Cyclone uh, for my employee price. He was like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. It's like, yes, yes, I can. And you already yeah. told me what you paid for it. So here we go. And so, yeah, I ended up getting a Cyclone for like $14,000. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. At a time when we were like closer to like 19. Yes. Yeah. 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 Super minty. Beautiful truck. Um, gave it to my dad. Um, and then it, you know, it, it had cyclone problems. Uh, and so, you know, I'm in a Chevrolet dealer. I thought I could figure out, you know, Hey, I grew up on old shitty GM stuff. I can figure this thing out. Uh, and it, you know, most of the time, yeah, like it immediately needed a fuel pump. Um, and then like it needed door lock actuators. I mean, it started needing dumb shit. Like the door pens, you know, from 1991, we're starting to get a little loose. So, I started stacking up all these parts and stuff and, and got my dad to bring it back. Um, and in the meantime, I, one of the guys from uh, the BMW side, this guy, Derek was like, Hey, you got to meet this dude that has like three of these. I was like, there ain't nobody that has three of these trucks. And he was like, no, there's a dude in Cary that has three of these trucks right now. And he also makes parts for them. I'm like, what now? So I ended up meeting this dude, drove all the way to Cary one afternoon 
Uh, and he's like, you know, plugs in his little ALDL cable in his laptop. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This thing's running like shit. It's on the wrong plugs. Uh, looks like the wrong injectors. Uh, hey, this is a reman engine. Did you know that? No, no, I didn't. I didn't see those seals. Oh, this is great. He's like, yeah, I think it's the wrong reman engine, too. Uh, so we were already starting to, like, hit it off on the fact that, like, this truck wasn't quite what it needed to be. But it was fine. Um, but, yeah, that ended up turning into uh, he built a shop because he couldn't find anybody else to help him work on the trucks. Uh, and he knew I had one. And so he more or less suckered me into helping him build a bunch of other trucks and develop parts. Uh, Ain't that how so, it always then, happens, though? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It, I mean, it was great. It, it ended up working out really well. Like, it, it was always a great time. Um, I eventually, unfortunately, totaled that particular truck um, on a Honda Element one night. Uh, so that sucked. Um, but I still have it. It's actually about 50 feet from me uh, in a somewhat sad state. Uh, but one day we'll revive it. Like, I promised my dad before he died, we'll get it back together. So You got to get that thing together, dude. Those things are so rare now. They're so rare. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm on a bunch of the Saitai registry pages and stuff still. Um, people know me as Iru's friend because it was Iru, like he was the man for a long time. Yeah. Um, it was really funny actually. Uh, one of the guys that is one of the big names now, this guy Sean Krupa, uh, who's really great. Um, you know he he's kind of the guy you're gonna take it to if you need a restoration or like some, like he has an LS tie and a four three cyclone like a built four three um so you know he dabbles in a little bit of everything those dudes want and it's all great um but yeah he he posted something the other day kind of ranting about some of the same stuff i tend to that like when non-specialists take on really specialist stuff and then they kind of hack it up um you know that was one of the things that drove eric to start making parts was like everybody assumed all this redneck knowledge would apply to this like or three turbo truck and it was like no nah, a bunch of that shit don't work like you can't just slap this four three together like a small block I need a and expect it probably double right. pumper on it no yeah pretty, dude you <laughs> he he took the first he took his first engine to like this redneck hot rod shop to build an engine and it lasted like six thousand miles uh before yeah. it was just knocking all over the place and he found this dude named richard uh that actually used to work for hendrick uh as an engine developer um and this dude like he, he's retired because uh, of all of the uh heavy metals poisoning uh over the years because you know he was around in the 60s when they were first starting to play with all of the fun shit like Inconel valves and yeah you know, all this stuff um you know here we're gonna make these valve seats out of this crazy uh alloy and like we're, we're gonna really grind it shit. with no mask yeah yes exactly yeah <laughs> he has like some nondescript heavy metals poisoning that like He's yeah, he's essentially disabled. Um, but he basically was like, Hey, I'll uh, uh as a favor to your uncle, I'll help you put a four three together, get me some cores. It took him a year and a half to build the first engine. Um, he went through seven machine shops, like for different tasks. Um, and a lot of that knowledge was what he kind of passed on to Eric was like, Hey, look, you know, your your machine shop is only as good as what you can tell them to do. And he was like, and more importantly, you should only pick a machine shop based on asking several very specific questions about what you're trying to get done. So like he, we did four bolt mains on that first block. Like he, he, we did these billet four bolt main caps. We, you know, they're splayed. Uh, so you have to drill the holes, but then you have to go back and line on. 
he had one machine shop do the 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 drill function and then a second machine shop out in Newburn that was the only place he called that knew they had to offset the line hone in the direction of the caps. Like so yeah, he he built this crazy seventeen thousand dollar uh cyclone four three and it was just ridiculous. And then that got sold to some dudes in Newfoundland. No, uh <laughs> Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah. Netherlands. Those dudes were on YouTube actually with that engine. They they put it in uh, they had it in a disco vet that was all wheel drive, had a cyclone driveline in it, and then they had uh, an Astro van with a cyclone driveline in it with that engine. Um, they just that, like to put that, shit you know, together. That sounds every like a party. Year. Oh, dude, the Astro was the coolest one because they did they did like a drag run that was like a nine second pull uh, with crazy. like four people in it. It was fantastic. Man, we can't talk about side tie yeah. stuff all day. Okay. Long story short, Eric no, starts no, this no. shop yeah. based off side tie stuff, making parts for side ties, working on side ties. But the reality of it is, as much as you and I both love these cars, there ain't too yeah, many. There ain't of enough of them. Nah, there's not, no, not enough to it, sustain a, a, a shop. So, so no, the, the Subaru when did you? Started, what was your background with Subarus and how did you get pulled into this? So I, when I was in design school, I did like a project where I had to like compare a bunch of shit and didn't, I designed this little car. Uh, it was a, a all wheel drive civic rally car. But so the, the research side of it was supposed to be like this whole research thing. Um, so the research side of it was find your benchmark cars. And so I was like, here, a Evo zero fighter and then the 22 B and then their rally counterparts. Um, and so I was like, here would be the road version of this Civic Type R all-wheel drive. And then here's what they could run as a uh, WRC car, you know, and did renderings and all that kind of fun stuff. Sure. And so I was already kind of into WRC stuff, but I really just kind of doubled down and got way into all of the WRC, Colin McRae, uh, you know, Tommy Mackinnon, all of the the rivalry stuff that was going on in like 98, oh, yeah. 99. Um, you know, Richard Burns, like all of the drama with a bunch of that. Um, so, yeah, it was just that's where I got started. I fell in love with uh, that particular uh, body style, um, like a lot of people. Uh, and I I was like, hey, Subaru was supposed to bring us a WRX, right? Sport Compact Sport Compact car had that test mule that they drove around in like 99. Um, so I was like, yeah, we're going to get we're finally going to get a turbo Subaru. I was waiting, chomping at the bit. Um, yep. And then six months into, like, it was like July of 2001, uh, or no, July of 2000, I finally saw the final production shots of the Bug Eye. And I know you love the Bug Eye, and I know I'm going to be extra uh, Dude, every, no, 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 everybody, everybody was sad when they saw the Bug Eye the first time. Yeah, they there you go. What we were Just used to really? seeing. That's it. We we were so excited because we thought it, what we were used to seeing was like the 2.5 RS. It had like vents yeah. and yeah. crazy yes. looking wing, and like it, it looked, it looked it, like a version it, six. It looked crazy. You know? you know, if you think about it, it looked and then here's this thing that like unfortunately looked like a bulbous Dodge <laughs> Neon. And yes, we were like, what? This is what they're shitting on us? No, it grew on me. It grew on me fast. Um, yeah, but yeah, eventually. I, I have to have more I remember the first time I saw the WRX before I had ever seen the STI version of it. And I, yeah, I was angry. I was, I was angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I say, they had this like whole photo 
photo spread in some UK magazine. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm good. Um, yep. And the other thing is, is like I grew up in coops. So like I was like, man, why does it need those extra doors? I don't quite need those. Uh, yep. So I immediately went uh, and decided I was like, man, I'm going to look into getting a 2.5 RS coupe and then I'll put a damn engine in it. Um, so I started down that path and by like October, I ordered a, a Blue Ridge Pearl 2.5 RS. Um, and then it was like, yeah, it'll be six to 10 weeks. It's usually six. And that's what the dealer yeah. said. Uh, so 10 weeks later, I started calling him. I was like, hey, what's going on? No, we, we haven't heard anything. We haven't heard anything. Uh, March, yeah, March of that year, they finally called me. And they were like, well, uh, your, the 2.5 RS you ordered is here. And I was like, oh, awesome. I will be there today. They're like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, what, what do you mean, wait? They're like, well, uh, it, it's the one you ordered, technically. Um, and it does have a production date of 2001. And I was like, okay. Uh, what, oh, what you, they gave you an old one. It's a they gave bug you an RS. Yes. Oh, that'd yes, be so they mad. They gave me a bug eye RS in Ridge Pearl. And it even had yeah, the gonna, shifter in the gauges I ordered. We're going to swap out like slimy, absolute shit for, uh, or well, we're going to slap. It's going to be chocolate for shit was what that trade was. Yes. That sucks, yes. man. Oh, oh, that was great. And then, so I showed up and was like, really awesome. I was like, so what are we going to do about this? You guys told me you couldn't locate one. They were like, well, we already started. We think we found one. It's uh, like over in Charlotte. And I was like, okay, cool. They were like, we'll have it on Friday. Uh, so they call me again on Friday. And I was like, awesome. Can I come get the car this uh, Saturday? They're like, wait, wait, no. What, what now? Uh, we got the car in. And uh, yeah, the sales manager screwed up. It's a, it's a sedan. It's a two point. It's a two thousand one two point five RS sedan with the options you wanted, but it's a sedan. I was like, yeah, no, I don't need those extra doors. So can you find the coupe? So they found a coupe in Virginia the next week, uh, and then I was like, okay, it's in Virginia. They're like, yeah. I was like, should I just go get it? They're like, no, 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 no. We'll get it transported down here. We're gonna take care of all that stuff. I was like, okay, fine. Um, and then like Friday afternoon, at, like. 7 p.m. the sales guy calls he was like yeah the car just got here um so if you want to come in tomorrow and, and pick it up uh, we should be fine to do that and he intentionally did that late so i couldn't answer the phone so i go the next morning uh and i i get there and here's this the sales manager like 10 a.m i actually woke up early on a saturday to go get this car so this dude's like yeah hey what's what's going on what are you here for i was like yeah i'm here to pick up my car Guys, like, what do you mean? I was like, well, where is Ray Lampley, first of all? And then where is, I'm, I'm here to pick up this 2.5 RS coupe. And he's like, oh, you're the guy. I was like, wait, 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 what, what do you mean I'm the guy? He's like, you're the guy that's been so much trouble. I was like, I'm not the one that ordered a car wrong twice. He was like, are you the guy that did that twice? And he was like, well, I'm the sales manager. I was like, so you are the one that did that twice. And he was, I was like, where's my damn car? The general manager comes out. He's like, it's in the back. Just come back here with me you sit back down in your little tower. And so he takes me back to see the car and it's dusty as hell. I'm like, cool, please don't wash it. He's like, okay, yeah, no problem. Um, you know, there you go. I was like, uh, well, can I take it home today? No, we don't have a state inspector here today. Uh, okay. Well, how is that my problem? I'll just bring it back. He's like, no, we can't even deliver it. We can't start paperwork without that. Okay. When can I come get my car that I have now waited like, you know, five months for He's like, well, uh, come in Monday after, after you know, about 4 o'clock, and, and we should be good to go. I was like, okay, don't, don't wash it. Um, and I was like, can I sit in it, start it, whatever? He's like, nah, nah. 
you know, I don't know where the keys are. And I was like, oh, they're right here on this toolbox. And I just went over and picked up keys, started up. Had like 256 miles on it. So I got to yell at him about driving my car um, before it was even registered. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I got the, the RS and ordered a, a 98 STI EJ20K uh, front clip that the importers near me got in. And then it showed up, and it wasn't an STI. It was an RA. It was a WRXRA with a bunch of STI parts on it. Uh, and then they dropped it in transport, so it bent most of the cool STI parts on it and damaged the engine. So they gave me, like, an EJ20G as compensation for screwing up the K. Uh, and so it took me several years to finally get all of that sorted out. Um, but, yeah, so my, my big plan sort of fell apart, but... I still ended up with the correct number of doors and uh, an RS. Like so, so yeah. so you got that yourself a coupe, and yep. you, you finally got it swapped. Yeah. Okay. It, it so, took me several okay. years. Uh, I I ended up like so. I had a job at a design place uh, that didn't work out. Uh, I ended up um, at a shitty transmission shop for about six months i tried to apply for a job as a lube tech at one of the two dealers near me there was performance in chapel hill and there was uh southern states in raleigh um southern states is where i actually bought the car um i knew the lead tech there because i had talked to him a few times uh because i was a little bit of a thorn I, I made like an intake for the stupid car before i got the swap in because i was just like i have to do something um, and when I went to get it inspected the next year, he was like trying to fail me for it. I was like, that doesn't affect any of the emissions equipment. We had to have this whole discussion. Um, so I knew him a little bit. Um, we had talked a bunch after that, but I'd kind of poked around and was like, hey, if I were to apply there, he was like, I mean, you can apply, but we're not really hiring. He was like, there's only two of us. I was like, oh, okay, well, all right, good enough. Uh, applied over at performance. They kind of said the same thing. So I put in six months at this shitty transmission shop. Um, slinging like r and yeah there was a time when you couldn't just walk into a place and get a job <laughs> no, people don't remember that no 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 <laughs> like yeah that was a whole thing like i couldn't get a design job that wasn't a thing that was if available. you have a pulse um, right now like you can get a job <laughs> yeah exactly exactly especially like a tech job there's there's a tech shortage like yeah if you walk around town some shop will hire you so i got the shitty transmission shop job put in six months and then went back to the two dealers and performance called me back. And the biggest thing was I went to the interview and they were like, we hired, we, we brought you in for the interview. Service manager was like, we brought you in for the interview because supposedly you, you have uh, a little bit of experience with Subarus already. I was like, yeah, I drove the car that I swapped. And he's like, Oh, okay. I don't know what any of those words really mean. Um, but do you think some of my technicians might know? And so, he ended up having to bring in, uh, and he brought in the oldest guy, uh, this dude that ended up being my mentor and like one of my friends, uh, this dude Bill Green, who's just this salty old, uh, three hundred and fifty pound, uh, twenty plus year veteran technician. He just saunters over to this dude's office, um, and the guy's like, "Hey, this guy wants to apply for Subaru. He thinks he knows a few things. Uh, quiz him a little bit." The guy was like, "Oh, well, what do you think you know?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know." I, I, put this Japanese engine in this car that's out there. I did the wiring for it. It was kind of a shit show. Um, took me a few years to put it all together, get parts for it, blah, blah, blah. He was like, oh, I don't know anything about that JDM shit. He was like, so what else do you think you know? I was like, well, 
I, I really want to come here because of the, the new STI that's coming out. You know, I, I really like the WRXs. I really, you know, kind of want to get some experience working on those cars. But I'm really excited about the STI. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Okay, well, you know, this year, middle of 03, we should be getting the 04 STI. And here's all the specs. And he was like, yeah, he, you know what? Just hire him. He gets all the wings and turbos. And I was like, oh, cool. So that was my job description. So he gets all the wings. And all the wings point, and that's turbos. That's really what that was. He gets all the wings and turbos. <laughs> all the wings and turbos. Because the, the old dudes hated all that shit. Like, yeah. all the way back to they remembered the 91 Legacy. And they were like, idiots Not couldn't put that, the right you gas in those cars. You got to think of Subarus during the, the 90s, okay? Oh, First yeah. off, if they came yeah. in for anything, it was stupid easy to work on. Stupid yeah. easy to oh, work yeah. on. If you think of a 1.8 liter... You know, like like L. That thing was stupid easy to work on. And then yeah. I mean then, two fives, like you know, yeah, they were used to doing reseals on, on 25Ds. You know, that was yeah, their gravy. Those guys are doing it, you know, the gravy was clutches and head gasket jobs for those yeah. guys, and they exactly. were just slaying it. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. the so, so this first, this uh, turbo WRX thing hits and they're like, I don't even want to touch that shit. They you yeah, know, because they, they really they're just didn't. trying to get their their 60, 70 hour book time a week, you know, and, well, that, and it was you like know, a completely different customer. And like, they were, oh, yeah. like, I mean, let's be honest, like it's a different customer base and they are a fucking handful for regular outback forester service riders sure. and, you know, technicians. Especially like, if they start coming in with aftermarket shit. crap. Oh yes. Oh yes. We get calls um, from dealerships all the time, just asking us about stuff. Like what is yeah. this? little iphone looking thing in here you know <laughs> <laughs> oh yes i remember those i yeah i remember getting a bunch of those the the best part was at performance once i've been there for like a month or so i was like hey look um i don't i don't have a place to tinker on my stuff and they're like yeah, yeah you can work it's fine just run it through as an oil change and then it turned into well hey you know um I, the dudes, frankly, at, at down in, in Alpharetta, um, sort of started, but also ruined um, dealerships having a relationship with like Cobb or tuning in any way. Yeah. Um, they had already started like doing act. You could buy a WRX, and then they would sell you an access port um, and do OTS maps on it. Um, and that was all fine until about '04. When they protuned uh, like an STI and it blew up, and the dude ran it back through warranty, and then they tried to cover it, um, and yeah, it all just blew up in their face. But you know, prior to that, you know, this is 03. I'd been there a little while. Um, I was like, hey, so you know, I, I've I've not taken advantage of the situation working on my own stuff. Um, do you mind if I do a couple of small things uh, for some other people? I'll run them through the shop. And they were like, no, you will not. You will run them through as an oil change, and then you do whatever the hell you want, but you do it after hours, and don't tell us about any of it. I was like, oh, okay, oh, even better. good enough. So, yeah, Can do. exactly, 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 exactly. I ended up doing, like, a bunch of random crazy stuff, like JDM 205s before they were a thing, and, like, had to figure out harnesses to go to the like here's the engine here's you remember the ECM, how cheap here's like some you remember wires. how cheap 207s and six speeds were back in the day holy shit yes dude yes. people don't remember oh God, you could get it yeah. you could Version get a 207 dropout 1500 bucks yeah. to your door yeah 
<laughs> it was yeah, and fifteen hundred more for the trans, and all the yes, way up to Yeah, you spent a full three grand. You can get the whole thing, you know, and another yeah. five hundred to seven, and they'll throw the Brembos in too. Yep, exactly, exactly. Yep, yeah. I ended up doing a bunch of that kind of random stuff, like that, you know, after hours. Um, and you know, that sort of started it all. Like I say, Eric called me one night and was like, "Hey, look, uh, what kind of lift do you like?" Like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, what are you even asking me? I don't know. Just what kind of lift do you like? A uh, rotary ten thousand pound or twelve? Uh, I'd like the asymmetrical dual controls if you're springing. He's like, oh, uh, okay. I just needed to look up the specs to pour concrete. He was like, turns out he was designing his little shop. Um, so our first shop was on a piece of land uh, that he purchased to put a house on, and then he thumbed his nose at the town of Cary and built a three-bay shop with, like, one side that had a man door um, and then two big bay doors uh, and called it a house. And they hated that shit, but they had to permit it because it followed all the rules of a house with a big-ass garage. Um, so it wasn't technically an outbuilding. Uh, and then the other thing that Cary doesn't like is you doing um, mechanics mechanical side work uh they don't really like any of that um there were a few times where the parking lot got a little too and this sounds, this and straight up sounds like the the schomburg um illinois of of uh north carolina it's it it sounds like they've gotten really really persnickety around there that's that's yeah sucks, oh, it's, man. A, it's an hoa man like carry yeah. as a town is an hoa they have they're the ones that McDonald's, the only McDonald's in the country that didn't have a red and gold sign for a little while was in Cary because they were in a district that required them to have a neutral colored sign. So that McDonald's had a green and gray sign. Like dumb shit. So that's Cary. That so, so weird. Yeah. You can do whatever you want in your own on your own property behind your house or in your little shed there or whatever, as long as it isn't working on cars. Like so, yeah, the police came a couple times because the lady at the bottom of the hill bitched about people dropping off cars late yeah. or whatever. But, yeah, we ended up having to move. Um, so this was all – we're all still doing this on the side, right? I moved to a different dealer. from I left Performance and went to Southern States, um, but we were still doing it on the side. I would actually moved in with Eric by then. Me and my girlfriend had had a falling out, so I moved from Pittsburgh, moved in with him and Carrie. Um and then he was like, hey, I'm going to build this shop first. I'm going to build a house. And then, you know, you can move in with me to that house. Uh, but uh, no, I ended up just buying the house because I didn't want to move again. Um, so that was great for a little while. I went to a third dealer, um, Johnson, Car Johnson Subaru and Carry, and helped them start the place. Like, it was actually on a recommendation from my district rep, like field service rep. Um, I had already been going with him to, like, other dealerships and helping sort out some uh, – you know, turbo car related problems. One of the biggest things sure. was it took seemingly took technicians a handful of years to figure out like how to measure valve clearances correctly. Like especially one dealer down south and east of me, uh, their older technician. Like I had to literally go down there and explain to him why he had to do valve clearances on a, a WRX or a turbo engine. Um, let's go back to this they it isn't that they couldn't learn it's they didn't want to yeah yeah that was it that was it when when yeah. i was still at performance like the first the i did the first warranty wrx engine in the southeast and this was the rule that like told these dudes everything that you're saying like hey we don't want to fuck with these cars because the owners are assholes so this yeah. it's an oath 
2, or no, it was an 03. It had really low miles on it. Came in in like March of, of 03. Um, guy's like, yeah, it's blown up. He had to tow it in. It's rod knocked. Um, we're like, okay, well, the, the district rep at that time was, you know, he's an Outback guy. So he's just like, yeah, cover it. Like, no questions asked. If, if something comes in like that, absolutely, that's got to be a defect. Damn sure it couldn't have been user-caused. Uh, yeah. So put an engine Well, they in. didn't have a whole um, lot of that at, at that point yeah. anyway. Like, no, exactly. Really, they hadn't really experienced One extreme yet. to the other. They're like, we'll cover anything. We don't give a shit, you know, uh-huh. to... We ain't touching anything. It's got a turbocharger yeah. on it. You fucked it up. It's your fault. <laughs> no, it's, it's at least they're gonna pull like your like whatever the the key cycles to see oh, yeah. if it's been flashed and all of that sort of fun stuff. And look, I'm I'm gonna be blunt. Like I am a former dealer technician. I sympathize with all of that. Like they don't get paid enough to do your engine if you modded it and I, blew it up. If you modded if, it and blew it up, stock, I, I, it, yeah. It, it, if it's it, stock, people, yeah, suck it up. It, Suck it up. Fix that car. People, the people yeah. who get mad about that, it aggravates me to no end. You know what I mean? Absolutely aggravates yeah. me to no end. That, that you know, they mod the crap but out of like the car. Said, and then they, they demod it to go take it in to get it covered under warranty. Yep. And then when they go, no, they um, get upset. they're mad. Like, Which, you're, no, to you're be in fair, the wrong. Like, the flip side is, the flip side is that, yes, asshole technicians exist and they will try to not cover stuff that they probably should because they just don't want to not get paid for it um so i mean it is it's the balancing act like there's shit bags everywhere on both sides um is what it is uh but yeah i ended up doing like that the the first wrx and we got it all back together and had some other random issues with it and i was trying to diagnose those and for some reason i went through the truck and was like hey what what the hell and then i looked at the center console and there's a hole in one of the trim panels and then I kind of looked around and I found the fucking nitrous hose. So I kind of lost my shit a little bit. I was like, hey, um, did no one notice the bottle mount holes or the switch hole or any of the nitrous stuff in this car uh, when they before they decided to cover this engine? And everybody just kind of scratched their heads. And I was like, oh, awesome. So nobody knows what they're looking at. Great. So it was fine. We, the, the car got covered. But a few months later... Uh, actually at my second sandblast, the second sandblast I went to, I actually crewed, uh, for this guy, Bob Wall. Um, and we're setting up and here's this black WRX and it pulls up and it's got a very, uh, unique front license plate. I was like, huh, I know that car. And the guy gets out walking around and he's talking to everybody and I'm finishing setting everything up, comes over. He's like, Hey, are, are you crewing for Bob? I was like, yep. I'm technically i guess the the crew chief this race i don't know like i i just kind of we're kind of figuring it out as we go he's like oh okay well you know if you need a hand or whatever i, I can help out i was like well no it doesn't really work like that you're gonna have to go register he's like oh oh yeah oh yeah okay yeah no problem no problem he was like well you know like i say though if, if you need a hand or with anything i i, I know my way around a subaru i was like oh do you i was like that's yours he's like yeah it's like, oh, yeah, I know that car. I, I had to put the engine back in that thing after you blew it up. How much nitrous were you spraying? And was it a dry shot or a wet shot? And he was like, what? What? How do you, what are you talking about? Like, just tell me what happened. And he was like, well, okay, so I took it to Fayetteville for Freaky Friday, and I had a 50 dry shot on it, uh, and we just stuck it in the throttle body coupler, and, uh, yeah, it didn't survive the first run. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, fuck you, dude. <laughs> I was like, no, I but definitely won't funny. be asking you for any help. See you later. So, 
you you sounds like you 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 kind of became the dealership guy around there and then you ended up getting in with uh with Eric and then so Turbo Time yeah. kind of turned into a super when did you guys start like more marketing towards Subarus then? Like what was the time frame? Oh, for that? 2005, six yeah. kind of range. Um like I just, yeah, it was I, you know, it wasn't the, too far after I had on. left there and people were telling me that I was still talking to down there. They're like, Oh yeah, there's this shop out out yada yada turbo time. And I'm like, I never even heard of you guys, but that was again, that was a million years ago. Oh, yeah. and, uh, well, I mean, at that point, already it was still like on the side. Like it was, yeah. you know, Eric had a full time job. I had a full time job. Um, I was slinging transmissions. When did you and guys actually night, get still the shop? In the uh, so we got a letter on the door uh, one afternoon um, that was like, "Hey, you have uh, 15 days to cease and desist, or it's uh, $150 a day uh, if you continue operations." So Eric called up the town of Cary and was like, "Hey." Did I get this notice? I don't. We definitely don't do any of that kind of work at that shop. We we just build engines and transmissions. We don't do installs. We've seen your website, sir. Oh yeah. Okay. So my bad. I guess we're gonna cease and desist and find another place to work. So yeah. we sat down and he was like, you know, do, do, how badly do you want to do this? Like, do do we want to go rent a space? And I was like, yeah, fuck it. I I probably have enough. I can do at night that we can afford a cheapish space. So we did. We found like this little cheap commercial space and a little strip mall, not even a strip mall, but like a commercial strip in the back of this road. Like it was only $1,200 a month, like single bay, tiny little office bathroom. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely. We, we did however splurge on like the $6,000 rotary at the time. Cause he did end up getting me the, uh, 12,000 pound dual control asymmetrical. We still have it. My favorite lift. Um, but yeah, like we ended up splurging on the fancy rotary, uh, for the new shop and because we just decided we were gonna go for it um and we were there for several years uh and i was still at the dealer like i was a golden boy with subaru at that point like again i was going around to other dealers like trying to help them sort shit out um and then one day my service manager like we we had a little bit of a, a you know a dry spell um and so the service manager technically he had kind of circled back around he was one of the ones that helped find me and then they had moved him to another store and then another store after that. And they kind of brought him back around to, to try to clean up the place after a, a few years. Um, so I'd been there for three years since they had opened, I had helped open the place, like did the damn grand opening and all that stuff. Um, so this dude comes back around. And I thought we were on good terms. Like, again, he was one of the guys that was instrumental in like finding me and bringing me over to that dealer. Um, and like the first six months were fine. But then after that, he was like, you could tell he was starting to get like antsy about stuff. Um, so he calls me in his office one day and he's like, hey, I just want to let you know, we're going to start putting the special tools uh, in the parts department. I'm going to need you to sign them out. I was like, I am your senior tech shop foreman for Subaru and you want me to sign my own tools out? And he's like, well, you know, Subaru special tools. So I was like, my tools. Yeah, those tools. He's like, well, yeah, you know, we... We're just worried about stuff going missing. I was like, has anything gone missing? He was like, no, not that I know of. But, you know, that's the thing. We don't know. I was like, all right, man, I get it. So he had basically thought, like, uh, you know, we were borrowing tools to do our shop things at night. Yeah. Uh, and then I showed up the next day with, like, a $2,000 receipt for, like, all of the transmission tools I'd bought and a bunch of engine tools. Uh, I was like, yeah, here you go. Funny, funny thing that uh, 
there's my receipt for the special tools that I've already bought. Uh, I don't need to borrow anything. He's like, oh, well, let's still sign them out just for everybody's comfort. Oh, okay. Uh, a few months after that, he, he called me in. I'd kind of been tracking. I started tracking all my stuff. Um, so he calls me in, and he's like, hey, uh, you know what this is? He just hands me, like, this piece of paper. I was like, I don't know. He's like, oh, it's a lost lost customer list. What do you think about that? And I was like, I, I don't know. What are you asking me? It's like, well, you know, I'm kind of wondering if how many people might be coming over to you uh, are on this list. And I was like, oh, wait right here. I went back to my toolbox and came back with this, like, whole log for, like, two months of where I copied <laughs> down everything everyone's car I'd done and everything I'd done. And then I said, see these ones with stars? He's like, yeah. I was like, those people came to me to get services done shortly after I did install work because I'm too busy doing install work to do service work anymore. So they had to come here for me to do service work. I was like, there you go. How's that for your lost customer list? That lasted about a week and a half before he still got salty. And he called me in again. He's like, yeah, I think you know why you're in here. Almost like, yeah, yeah, pretty sure. I've already. This is this back. is you know? this is what happens when you try to mix businesses, though. It is. And you it just is. can't. You can't do that. You you yeah, just yeah, it you had worked can't out. do it. Yeah, it had worked out for a few years, and I thought I could could continue to to you know keep feet in both both pools, but no, it it just you know he brought it to a head. Subaru of America was already kind of pushing me, like, hey. Um, it's cool that you do this. Cause like I had, I would go down to, uh, training at Subaru of America in my Forester. I actually ended up buying that Forester that split the transmission in half shortly yeah. after he split the transmission in half. Like okay. I put a Baja transmission in it and then bought the car. Um, so like I would drive it down to training cause it was the most reliable thing I had. So I would drive it down to training and it was like, you know, HKS fart cannon out the back. And like, you know, I'd thrown some more stuff at it. It was dumped on a set of FN01RCs and had like Brembo's front and rear. Oh, um, nice. And still auto blacked yeah. out, like, you know, Stormtrooper white, like blacked out, like, you know, and I was an asshole ricer in it. Like, it was great. Like, I could do neutral drops and spit fireballs. It was a lot of fun because it had an HKS on it too. Like, a ball sure. Um, <laughs> so it did, I made, I got, I would always get, uh, you know, accosted in traffic by zealous Subaru fans. The best was this girl, like, came up to me to stoplight was like, make turbo sounds, make more of the turbo sounds. Like, all right, yeah, I got you. So, yeah, a lot of fun. But I would drive it down there, and the head engineer would come find me in class and be like, oh, I thought it was you when I heard that shit bomb show up. I was like, yeah, yeah, you, you still want to ride at lunch? He's like, yeah, is it any faster than it was last time? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, maybe about the same. All right, yeah, 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 we'll go to lunch. I'll come find you. So they already kind of, they had already started talking to me about the deal. They were like, look, you know, you, you, if you want to do that, that's cool. Like, but if, if you want to be the technician, you're kind of on the path of like, you know, I'd already got my senior master stuff done, all the testing shit to do that. And like got my patch on my jacket. And they were like, look, you know, you're already helping out. Like, do you want to follow a path that will lead you to, field service engineer or do you want to do go fast stuff at night and i was like all right well i guess i'll kind of make a decision and then they made it for me by letting me go so i was like all right well i guess throw me in the briar patch like I, it's cool like i'm i'm briar rabbit like i'll make this work and you know it was not easy like it's one of those things where 
there's that meme of like, you know, people see a guy riding a lion in the savannah and they're all, ooh, look at that guy. That's crazy. He's riding a lion. I wish I could ride a lion. Like, that's got to be wild, like riding this lion that's just so powerful and awesome. And then I'm the dude on the line that's like, how in the fuck did I end up on top of this lion? And how can I get off of this lion without killing myself? Or is the lion going to turn around and kill me? Like, what's going on with this? How did I end up on this damn lion? Like, that's me. So, yeah. It took a few years to finally get it right. But we did. Like, you know, we're here. <laughs> so, and, and yeah, so you jumped in and, I mean, that's that's pretty much where you're at. You know, and yep. you you and Eric have been going at it for a while, and it it it, I, it looks like you guys are holding up. Um, and yeah, so now you're you're running into more modern Subarus. So I saw um somebody that when I was still working at Six Star, we helped support at one point, which was Amanda Skelly. So you guys did a little bit of a. Did you help support that team? Do some rally stuff with her? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We um. So she came in, I had an employee uh, named Gino uh, Malinowski that actually, he's the one that, that I had helped a previous rally driver build a car. Um, that relationship had kind of fallen apart due to one of my employees. Um, we're actually on good terms now, but at the time it was pretty tense. Um, so I kind of walked away from rally for a little while, but yeah. I had an employee that was like, he was still obsessed with NASA and, and what became ARA. Um, yeah. or ARA became the kind of dominant series. Um, so he was, he was really trying to push to get into that. He was actually working with the, the previous, uh, driver I built a car for. Um, you know, he was like kind of the golden child for a few minutes. Um, well, he kind of got burned out and he had already taken on Amanda's next build. Like he was there, she was at Sandblast, uh, in her previous car and like the back end literally rusted off the back of it well, during I mean, the race. Her, like, some of her original cars were, were rough just because they were Michigan yeah. leftovers. Yeah, I mean, exactly. they were bad. Has, we we, we donated a leftover engine. We donated a leftover yeah. engine to her. Cause I mean, they had no budget and they, they yeah. were oh, getting yeah. the whole yeah. noble star thing started because her, her boyfriend, unfortunately was really, uh, it's starting to have a budding rally career and unfortunately died in a pretty nasty accident. Yeah. That's where yeah, um, at Olympus. Matt yeah. Marker. Yep. That was, yep. that was, that was a, a nasty one. And then they, they kind of decided to continue on in, in his honor. And that's where that whole, whole thing came from, but they were running on no budget, like no budget oh, yeah. at all. She was, so we're, she was on nothing. Yeah. We were like helping Matt that car rusted in spares and stuff. Just so, you know, WRX suspension that we had laying around like here, you can just have it. You know what I mean? Trying to help the guy out. My, my, a close friend of mine was actually tuning his car for him. So that's, oh, nice. that's how we all end up getting mixed up into that. But I just, I see a bunch of pictures on your Facebook, uh, you doing, you know, rallies all over the place that it looked like you were, you were fairly involved with all of that. Yeah, we, um, she, after the car rusted in half at Sandblast, like Gino uh, looked it over and was like, "There's no way we can put this back together." Uh, she found some other shell and then brought it down. Like while he was working with me and Carrie, he was like, "Hey, uh, can we bring this rally car down for this girl Amanda?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's cool. We'll, we'll take a look at it." He brings it down, and it was not much better. It was another Michigan car. They had like done the rockers in like 
K-beam, like, right, like an actual K-rail. They had cut up a K-rail, and, like, that was the rocker. We were like, dude, you didn't even, it's still galvanized. What the fuck? It, like, stick welded in. Um, so we were like, well, this is dangerous. This won't work. Um, she found somebody else's kind of, we're going to start building a rally car, and then they didn't finish. So it was a four-door sedan, 97 sedan. Um, already had a cage in it, but the cage was not quite up to ARA spec. Um, but yeah. it was, it was passable. Like it had a logbook at least. Um, and it had like, a, a 253 with it, um, and a DCCD 411, uh, type RA trans and like a okay. BLSD. Um, so it was a nice little setup. Like already she bought, like it had kind of the right parts. Um, so we got busy trying to put it together and realized like when we got her to fit in the seats, uh, she had to have halo seats when she fit in the car with the seats. Uh, she couldn't actually get out of the car with her helmet on. Um, so we had to stop and have the whole car, like, pull the cage. What a nightmare. Cut it all out. Yeah, it was insane. I had to pull the roof off. Like, the dudes we worked with were, like, super thorough, um, but they were like, you know, make our lives a little easier if you took the roof off. I was like, oh, great. Yeah, let me take the roof off this car. So, like, you know, yeah. all of the fun Let me just the take roof the off, roof putting off. Putting it back on. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Let me drill all 1,000 of these spot welds one at a time, and then, you know, I'll pull it off very carefully so it doesn't warp, and then when I go to put it back on, it'll take me two days to cross back and forth doing spot welds to put it back on so it doesn't warp. Like, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, we did... That car took, like, four-ish months, um, but the worst part was we were trying to get ready for NEFR the first year she wanted to go. So, like, I do need to step back. She ended up meeting the owner of uh, Link ECU at some rally event. And he was just enamored by the fact that, like, like her story of, like, like you say, the, the, yeah, the yeah, reason she was, was into rally, yep. like, you know, she's sure. obviously a, a female in a very heavily male-dominated sport. Um, yep. You know, all of those things. He just, he was like, man, no, you have a great story. From a marketing story. standpoint, he that looks her. fantastic. Exactly. Yep. So they jumped on board and were like, what do you need help with? And they basically covered uh, a year and a half, well, two years, two seasons worth of entries. Um, they helped her out with the initial build. Um, but massive. we were supposed to go to NEFR. Oh, yeah, dude, it's awesome. Um, again, that's why I got to go do a full, like, two seasons yep. of follow the car around and go do crew for it was because, like, I had to have the discussion. I was like, I'm not going to charge you even though I'm going to be taking time away from like my paying job. I'll, you know, I'll do that, but I am not paying anything to do it. I was like, you have to make sure I get there and I have to fly. Like I can't drive. I can't do the drive because I can't take that time off work. I was like, so you got to make sure I get there. And then, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sleeping in a bed with anybody else or sleeping on the floor. Like make sure I have a bed. Like that's it. Those are my only requirements. I'll eat gas station food. She was like, no, 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 it's cool. But because they were able to help out with some of those expenses, she was able to afford to do that. And we did, we, we had a pretty, there are some great stories from that season. She got third, uh, a national podium third place, uh, a, a few years ago, like the, the first season we actually did the full season. Um, and we yeah. didn't get to do West coast races. That was a little disappointing, but like there was no way we were trying to tow a car. To well, the, I, I'm, I'm, I've only done one West coast race. Yeah, I mean, that I can truly call West Coast. It was all the way to, you know, Laguna Seca this last year. And yeah. the, the yes. people oh, don't so understand awesome. the expense 
of getting there oh, and yeah. back. Not including yes. anything to do with the track, just getting there yeah. and back was yeah, so exactly. crazy expensive. Yeah. And like we, you know, we talked to them about that, like maybe doing one West Coast race for the second season, but then she started having like had a couple issues with the transmission the second year so it was like eh, it may not be worth like pushing quite so hard like let's just finish the and see where we end up and you know it was still fine like she ended up like fourth that year um but yeah like it, it we had to make those judgment calls a couple times where it was like is it worth doing one or maybe two of those races and the math just never quite added up nobody was able to take like a week off on each end to take the car there and bring it back. Um, yeah, it was, it was just, it was a lot like, you know, even just doing the, the races we did, like, you know, I, I'm not a big long haul kind of guy. I can do about six hours, eight hours in a car at a time. I prefer to do it at night. Like I don't necessarily like to ride. Um, but yeah, like there were a few times it was like, you know, we did, uh, Oh, LSPR, Snowdrift, um, yep. you know, all those Michigan races. The car lives here. So it was get those the are, car from North brutal. Carolina back it's, to Michigan. That's yeah. brutal. So, like, I still consider Gingerman as my home track, you know, but I yeah. live in Tennessee now and the car is in Maryland. Okay. And, like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so brutal. Now you get that, that it's brutal, yeah. man. It's yeah. brutal. So, yeah, logistics, people don't man, get logistics. That the logistics of it are the worst. So that's one of those yeah. things. If you can if you ever do get into racing, you know, it connections really help. You can, you know, pair up with people or whatever and, and try to, yeah. you know, try to share some of that. That's one of the things, a couple of the guys that race with us, I think they do a really good job of, um, uh, like ASM, they have all of their like team. And then they just bought this, this giant, like, I think they could put like oh, seven or eight cars on it. Yeah, oh, it will. Oh, yes. yes. Little big metal things that are like stacking. And then they just, they have one truck drag the shit out of that. And another one drag a, you know, a trailer full of tools and everybody just throws in on the, the fuel and stuff. And, but the best you, you is have every to. once in a while, one of those mega teams will show up at Sandblast. Like you're used to seeing Subaru of America show up with like a pretty good effort. And then for several years you had, uh, Barry McKenna, like more or less trying to take it to Subaru. Like, yeah, they had the money. The FSC, like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, that dude lays pilings, uh, almost all of the concrete that is underwater in New York, he has done. So, like, yeah. he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to import a bunch of R5s and R3s and R4s. Like, he, one year, he tried to campaign like four different cars, including yeah. he had like an R5 for himself. Like, it was nuts. And they're showing up with like, big toter homes to transport all four or five cars and like have the big crazy full service setups. And you're just like, man, that's awesome. Um, and then again, like you got a sandblast once a year, uh, a NASA event, and it's not quite the same thing, but it's way more laid back, way more fun. But when the big giant toter home shows up and has nowhere to park, you're just like, yeah, you came to the wrong race, buddy. <laughs> yep. Yep. I love that shit. Do? Like to see the dude's like, Oh, you brought your double stacker to bring your two. Oh, what is that? An 08 STI? Oh, okay. All right. I mean, it seems like a lot, but okay. Uh, it seems oh. like some overkill. That was always one of my favorite <laughs> things to see at Snowdrift because the conditions were so bad that like ridiculously yeah. prepped cars 
Like yeah, oh, it's, it, yeah, it, it's it, such it a equalized so much that you like complete dump boxes. Sometimes from multiple classes below, we're fighting for yes. overall wins against like Subaru of America. You know? Yes. Like, yes. Because yeah. man, after dark, it's not it's not snowdrift. Just call it black ice drift and be honest with your advertising. Like you know, every year I had gone, it was rough apparently last year it was it wasn't bad it wasn't didn't even snow it was like mostly slush um mud drift like, sucks I went, i've been to a few yes, of those <laughs> exactly there you go mud drift yes oh man um yeah like that apparently this year was was a mud drift year we'll see how it goes in a couple weeks like because that's coming up i i i i did the, the i did one during the polar vortex and you know so it was like negative 50 like we we got out there and we did the night service on the first night. Um, and you know, she comes in, we didn't have a roof for the, she, she was like, yeah, we're going to get a bunch of tarps and we got tarps to build walls for the pop-up and then forgot the damn canopy back in, uh, Detroit. So, you know, we're in Atlanta. So she, her boyfriend had to like drive back down to Detroit to go pick up, uh, the top for the, the pop-up. So she comes in for the night service and we couldn't, we had, we got like a propane, a heater it wouldn't light off because it was too cold like the switch broke um yep. we had like a 12 volt like like little 12 volt hooked up power supply hooked up to this nissan that we had running uh so that we would have something warm to sit in uh and the terminals on it broke before we could even plug it in like they broke off in our hand uh she came in hot and like just locked up the car on the ice and on like on the tarp and just slid the car eight inches like rolled over my impact hit the jacks um we got the service done. We couldn't really do anything. Um, we got it back <laughs> on the ground, though, and, and we could go out. And the back brakes had frozen up. Like, the ice had melted between, because she had two pot, four pots. So, like, the the two pots in the rear are actually tighter to the wheel than the four pots in the front. So, yeah. like, they had all of that mush. I had scrapers on it and everything. But, like, all of that slush had refrozen. So, the back wheels were locked up when she had to leave. So we're running up to time control, yelling at her, like, look hard, the back wheel working. Like, she's just dragging him through the parking lot because we're, like, running real close to time. So she's, like, third in line for time control. And I'm, like, she rolls down the window. I'm, like, the back wheels are frozen up. And she's, like, what do we do? I was, like, I just need a screwdriver. And this dude from time control is, like, I can't, I can't help you. And I was, like, okay. And he's, like, no, listen. I can't help you, but that's my car. And there's a toolbox in the back and there's a screwdriver on top. Go get it. And I was like, oh, oh, got it. Ran over and chipped the ice out of the wheels as she's rolling forward for time control. It was fantastic. And all at, you know, negative 40 degrees. It was great. So and I totally was not prepared. I've always been not prepared at all. I had like an A1 parka. That was it. Yeah, you you not for that. Um I've always been a a uh a believer that rally has not been presented right to the U S public or in a, a way that would be, um, engaging for a television like show. And, and I yeah. believe it's because yeah. they try to present it like it's NASCAR or some other type of motorsport and they need to present it like it's street outlaws where yeah. you Agreed. need to really closely Agreed. follow certain this is why people yep. watch the 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 Subaru documentary. Um, yeah. Yep. 
this is this we, is we why launch control has we gotten so big. Yes. It's because yes. next yes. to none of it is them driving. It's all of what it took to get there and the interviews yep. and them working on shit. It's like the real that drama. It's the meat and yeah, and, and rally is all drama. And that's you know, yeah. rally's so cool. And I think you would get a whole new generation getting excited about rally if um One of my other favorite stories is we were at uh STPR, right? And so um Waste management sponsors STPR, like they're pretty much the primary sponsor for STPR now. And so they will run several stages in the active landfill that they maintain outside of Wellsboro, Pennsylvania, right? And so okay. some of the stages are on what they call the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon. And like you're literally trying to do, you know, don't cuts on like, hey, that's the actual Grand Canyon. And that's like, you know, a 300 foot drop. Like, let's not do that. Um, but then, but you're back doing a, a couple stages that, you know, basically so the crew guys can watch, um, in the actual landfill. So we're crewing in the, you know, we're doing service in the landfill, which was interesting. Cause like could look across the, the side of the mountain and like their dudes filling in an active landfill. And we're like, huh, wonder what's underneath us. So, you know, that was interesting. Uh, but we ran the, all day was fine about midday. She's like, Hey, uh, we need to get a tire mounted. You know, I'm, I'm burning up the left rear. I was like, yeah, you definitely are. We'll talk to the guys at All Wheels Driven. Um, we'll, we'll go up there um, and, and see what's going on about maybe getting a tire mounted tonight. They they would basically open up their shop uh, for the, the evening between the, the two days of STPR, which was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, we, we go over, talk to them. You know, the owner is driving, like, he's just hanging out in, like, his 91 Legacy Turbo, like, that's all modded out, and he's, like, just shooting the shit with everybody. Um, So go over, talk to him. He's like, yeah, just come by. You know, we usually, like, we're there after, like, after about 6. He's like, but I won't be there until after the, the last stage, so, like, I won't be there till 11. And I was like, but you guys can get in before that. Oh, okay, cool. No problem. Um, Well, you know, we're going to try and run these last stages, so we'll see you then. Uh, yeah, best laid plans. So, she started make like hearing noise. We started picking up like wheel bearing play in the left rear. Um, and you know, we were like, well, we can't fix it. We don't have a, I don't have a loaded knuckle ready to go. I was like, I have parts, but we never put together a loaded knuckle. Like we'd already used it. Um, so it was like, I, I got to put this together. I just, I got to do some press work and then I got to put it on the car. I was like, uh, just run it. So we decided we were going to try and finish the first day and then we would fix everything at all wheels driven that night. Well, the second to last stage, uh, she made it to the end and the left rear caught on fire. Like the bearing had gone so bad, it caught on fire. Um, and then it torched the, uh, the seals for the caliper. So then every time she hit the brakes, it put brake fluid onto the fire. So, you know, it's feeding the fire with brake fluid. Um, so when she came in for time control, try to stop the car, the car didn't really want to stop. So, I put a hydro in the car, but I made sure I kept the cross channels. Um, so she actually has two masters on her hydro, which people are like, why do you have two masters? Because I kept the cross channels of the car. She, she had pedal. She only had a half an inch, but that half inch is the other two channels of the, the brakes. So left, left front, and right rear. Um, so the car still braked correctly. Um, but she came to the end and everybody starts yelling at her that, uh, there's a fire. There's a fire. She jumps out and they spray it off and she calls over. She's like, yeah, the car caught on fire. I was like, okay, well, we're going to go tow it over to all wheels driven and see what's going on. Um, 
And we did. And then uh, that, that was honestly a pretty interesting evening. One of the guys there uh, was also a part-timer at Advance. And, like, we had to switch back out. Like, I didn't have a spare for uh, two-pot. So we were like, we need to switch back to, to just regular breaks. Um, and they were like, cool, we'll go get you calipers. What do you need? Calipers? Yeah, calipers. I need a knuckle because this knuckle is destroyed. They're like, yeah, we'll dig a knuckle out of the back. They went to the scrap pile, dug out a knuckle, sandblasted it, pressed my bearing for me, uh, brought it back over to me while I was you know, working on the car on the lift. I was like, wait, what is this? They're like, oh, it's your knuckle. It's ready to go. Uh, except that it was the wrong size or wrong side. We had to do it all again, but it was cool. Um, their lead tech, like he's this grumpy Subaru guy and he's in his, his, his Subaru tech shirt. And like, you know, I, I take off my, my hoodie and I'm, and I'm like, Hey, um, do you, do you have a, a blah, 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 whatever, like what, some little small tool. And I have like all of my toolkit with me, but I was like, yeah, I need kind of one of these. And he's like, yeah, it's over here. It's on my toolbox. And he's kind of watching me and I get going. And a few minutes later, I'm breaking out all of, so my parents worked for Black and Decker DeWalt for 40 years. So like everything I have is yellow. Like I won't have Milwaukee stuff because I have shares and stupid ass yeah, family. Yeah, I get it. Um, but so <laughs> I have all these DeWalt power tools and I'm like, I look over and he's like, like perked up and I look over and he's got the same thing. And I was like, oh, hey, have you seen the new one? And he's just like, oh yeah, let me see that. Yeah. He ended up coming over and helping me like put the car back together, like the whole nine. It was fantastic. Like we were bonding there till tools. in the morning. Yes, exactly. Bonding over tools, bonding over sticking this shit box together. RKT was there. Um, Mark Potowski was there. Like it, it ended up being like this kind of <clears throat> almost party atmosphere, even though everybody was there for shitty reasons, but it was a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> the next day at 6 a.m. though, bolting up my boots, I had like that moment of reflection of like, how did I get here? What decisions did I make that led me to be sitting in a cabin in the middle of the woods of, of Pennsylvania, like at six in the morning to go work on this car? <laughs> so, yeah, but it was awesome. Yeah, but now like, you got like a story. Stated, you know, it, exactly. The, exactly. The, worst, the worst times in motorsports when you, you, you're pulling all nighters and you're, you're, you know, you're hating life. And you're like, man, it, when you're in the middle of it, all you want to do is like go to bed, you know, and you're like, why, why don't I have this normal life? And then you start having conversations with people with normal lives. And then you yeah. start to realize yes. you're happy you have this crazy life. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yep. No, that's exactly it too. And like I say, I am the type of person that I, I love those stories, you know? Oh, yep. so like, let's, we'll, we'll tell an NEFR story. Um, so, um, me you said not to use names are you absolutely sure i can't use names like, hey you uh, you do what you so, want to do it's on okay, you <laughs> so some of my other favorite memories are like the after party at nefr is always a pretty good time um yeah like you said snowdrift dude snowdrift, snowdrift after party, I got, i'm telling you we're the reason we are the reason <laughs> me and my group are the reason that the at, at snowdrift the resort stopped being open during snowdrift because we would rent three or four of the cabins and throw the most insane rager parties for like yes, three days yes. straight. Oh, I drifted yes, around exactly. Ken Block. I, that happened. That was a true story. It yes. was his first year yes. for Ford and he crashed 
like it was, he crashed out like right away and he was on his way yes. back as we were yes. leaving for the stages and I was leading our group out and he's on his way back. He's got this big like Ford excursion. I'm assuming they rented and his daughter yep. is on the freaking driver's seat with her hands on the wheel, basically kind of like play driving. She was little. Wow. I'm assuming that was Leah. And yeah, I was going to say, I come sliding Leah by in my bug eye and I'm looking at Ken block through my windshield as he's looking at me through his side window, watching me slide by him. And then I, I didn't really like quite notice who it was. It was just a dude in a fucking big ass excursion yeah, with a kid dude. on the wheel. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, there's a kid on that wheel. And one of my buddies comes to the radio and they're like, dude, you just drifted by Ken block. And it, you know what? That made my year. That happened. So um, yes. one it, of my favorites stories. was the foot race, the foot race, you know, Travis Pastrana at the yeah. absolute competitor uh one day one night at at nefr awards like something broke out where hey we have to go outside and do a foot race and it was like him and uh wasn't another driver it was somebody else's crew chief uh but yeah they had to do like multiple foot races to decide who was the champion uh of the drunken foot race parking lot racing uh so yeah it was fantastic that same night uh david higgins was like was way two sheets in the wind and just like ran around a corner and asked us what we were doing and then like grabbed uh, my buddy's beer and then ran off. It was just fantastic. That, like, that yeah, is so uh, one the, of the drivers the for Subaru brothers, of America. If they get together post rally, go hard. Yes, like you are not yes, prepared. Way for it. hard. We're talking like <laughs> cops are <laughs> getting called, oh, dude. Yes, <laughs> yes. No, they're gonna make sure the cops don't get called, but the hotel has to make sure. Like they're like, no, yeah, it's fine, everything's fine. Don't show up and arrest this awesome Irish rally driver. It's fine, mm -hmm. just stay home. Isle of Man, and then just the Irish dudes in in general, like those dudes are always off the hook. Yeah, they're just yeah, yeah. Love love rally. That's just it's yeah. It's to your point, like watching the the time attack stuff, like that sparks some of that same. stuff that same kind of like excitement that's, like, that's I, kind of the vibe to be the fanboy like the grid life paddock gets like that you know yeah. and it, it it reminds me a lot of what i saw in the paddocks back in the day when i was watching rally you know you know oh seven i think was the first year i went to a snow drift you know but i'd been following it for years before and that was uh I don't think it was SCCA Pro Rally. I think it had changed to Rally America at that point. It was like one of the first yeah, Rally America so. events. Yeah. And um, yeah. And that's it, the like, other downside to yeah. Rally in America is, you know, nobody yeah. can get their shit together and organize for more than five minutes. ARA is doing a great job, but they're having the usual rule back and forth trouble. Like, you know, every every racing organization, you get to go into their their chat groups or their Facebook groups and watch the drama when the rules come out. Like, always fun <laughs> yeah and, and those they it, you it, to, these are just a bunch of guys having a great time you know and they're all friends and it, it's it, when you're looking at it from the outside you're like these are you know these these epic you know these are these these you know giants of of whatever they're doing you know whether it be rally yeah. or whatever and then I have then people who just like talk let's to have me a beer. the same way I would look at that about time attack and what we're doing in like street mod or whatever. And they talk about like me and Jackie Dang and all these guys and yeah. how yeah. like the same way. And I'm just like, we're just 
dudes doing our thing, you know, but at that point they were just dudes doing their thing. Doing you know, that, there was yeah. a time when nobody yeah. knew who the hell Ken Block even was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's yeah, it, exactly. it like what I think one of my favorite stories or that was, it was a surprise that Travis is driving a rally car. You know, oh like, yeah, what it, is like he doing the first here? year that those two rally were there, they like everybody was lined up to, you know, jerk Get off Travis Pastrana yeah. yeah. because here's like because he's he was the first like massive you know, celebrity to, to come out and do this. Um, and I sat and had this extraordinarily long conversation with Tanner Faust during the park expose because nobody else knew who he was. We had a great yeah. time, dude. Tanner's That's a great wild. dude. We talked yeah. about stunt dude, driving. Met- we talked about what, like how they pick you for movies to like, and like what approaches you needed. Dude, we just, Dude, we he was just gonna stand there. You know, I was like, dude, I, I feel like I'm taking all your time. He's like, dude, I'm just guy? gonna stand there. Nobody knows who the hell I am. And and That's you know awesome. then he's on top gear, and I'm like, yeah, I hung out with that guy. And we still like if, if I ever run into him again, which I've seen him at events and stuff, I'm like, oh hey, you know, we 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 chatted up. It was the same thing with and I know I'm wandering in all sorts of shit, but Dave Mira was no, actually no, kind of local to you guys. Yes. Yes, okay, he was. Dave yeah. Mira, I one year, my my I was Dave, say, Mira yeah, Dave Mira story is ridiculous. So go for it. Yes, because I have a Dave Mira story that is also ridiculous. So yes, dude, read it, us in. So either way, like I'm I'm at this autocross and it is pouring on us and it's complete shit, right? And it's behind this stupid ass mall, all right. And and uh, so somewhere I think it was around Newburn. Okay, we're at this dumb mall. Yep. Um, either way, North Carolina, somewhere out there. So we're at this mall and he's, there's, there's me who's got, I've, I've got my turbo Subaru and, um, there's this shorter dude named Dave and some like taller, skinnier guy that I do not remember his name. Okay. Um, which is probably some other sort of skateboardy, whatever. So we end up having a course together and I don't even know who this guy is. Just some dude named Dave and we're getting poured on. And I'm and I know he's in a Mustang, so I start giving him shit. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna. I was eat gonna you ask alive if here. he was in his Mustang. I'm gonna eat you alive here, and he's like, nah, dude, no, nah, it ain't even gonna be like that. I'm like, I I had my buddies go buy us uh, some some ponchos from Walmart that was near there, so I you nice. know I hooked Dave yep. up with a poncho or whatever. Long story short, we were just about to go drive, right? We we worked the course, and then we're about to go drive. We're all soaking wet and miserable, and. I'm pulling up to the line and one of the people there, uh, one of the guys working the grid noticed that I was missing a lug nut. I didn't even know I was missing a lug nut. I went through tech and everything and nobody said anything about me missing a lug nut, but I was missing a lug nut. So they come up and they're like, hey, you're missing a lug nut. You can't run. I'm like, okay, not a big deal. I'm going to go get a lug nut. Is that okay? No, you're disqualified. I can't even make this up. And I'm like, what they're like yeah unfortunately you're disqualified and you're you're not going to be able to uh you're not going to be able to run i'm like well this is so like dave is behind me and starts losing his shit on these dudes so like (laughs) screaming at the guy dave's screaming at the guy i'm ripping my tape off my car because that's how my numbers were on throwing the tape at people like dude (laughs) dave's like fuck you guys i'm leaving too fuck these dudes and like it, dude we we just we went total like punk ass skater on these guys which like looking back at it now it. being older like i was that punk kid you know and dave was that <laughs> punk kid 
<laughs> and we all leave and we're all pissed off. Years later, like guys hit me up. There was dudes with me that were at this event, and they're like, "Dude, you and Dave Mira were going nuts." And I'm like, "Dave Mira?" And they're like, "Yeah, like BMX dude." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. He's got like a video game and all that." Yeah, I know who Dave Mira is. Yeah. Dude, that was Dave Mira. I'm like, "Holy shit!" I had no idea it was Dave Mira. <laughs> okay, so I Dave Mira's Hell driving yeah. for Subaru years later, and he's up at Snowdrift. And I walk up oh, to him, yes. like, yes. hey, dude, do you remember uh, we were at, in, like, Newburn, North Carolina or something, and um, he we were at a, uh, we were doing an autocross, and he's like, oh, shit, you were the dude in the WRX, man, fuck those guys, and we're, we're surrounded by people, right? And he's just, he drops everything he's doing, he's like, fuck those dudes, I remember that shit, and like, this is, like, 10 years later, and Dave is still punk ass bmx dude just like fuck those guys man he's like oh shit how are you doing and like dude like we had just talked 10 minutes ago the guy barely knew me and he still remembers this story and every year i'd go talk to him dave would be like yeah fuck those dudes (laughs) and it was crazy dude i was so awesome so bummed when he died nicest guy but i mean if you got a dave marister i got he was the best we the first year I went to SEMA, um, we we like I had the little invite for to go to the Subaru booth. Like, hey, meet over at the Subaru booth. Like, we'll we'll kind of let you through the line before uh, we start letting people through to do autographs and stuff. Because like one of my like former district field reps was like he was working the show. Like that was his little reward or whatever. So he was like, yeah, hey, yeah, come on through early. Like you know this is what time we're getting started. So like be over here like twenty minutes early. Um, so we get over there. And one of the guys that's with me is my, my buddy, Mark. And he, he used to work at a Mustang shop in Cary, like the only Mustang shop in that part of North Carolina in like the late nineties. Um, so he had worked at this Mustang shop and like, you know, he had helped to build his dad's Mustang. Like he's not really a Mustang guy, but he was kind of a Ford guy for a minute. Um, and so we, we go over and we're, we get to the, the Subaru booth and, and here's Dave Merritt. Like he's the one they have, doing autographs and like they go to introduce us and my buddy mark is like hey dave um i I don't know if you you probably don't remember me um but like once like a really long time ago um you and your brother uh came into town uh it was like one of your like when you like got one of your first checks uh like big checks you came into town to carry uh and bought a bunch of mustang parts for you and your brother's mustang dude he stopped and was like, yes, I do remember you. You're Mark. And he was like, yeah, I'm Mark. And he was like, yeah, oh, dude, man. We, you know, and started talking about him and his brother's Mustangs. We were there talking for 30 minutes. They had to hold the people for autographs like 10 minutes so Dave Mira would continue, like, because he just didn't want to stop talking to us. Dude, if if, if he didn't give a shit what was going on, he was going to be Dave. You know what I mean? Exactly. He, he, he wanted like, to talk hey, about ripping tape week? off of autocross cars and yelling at people, or if he wanted to talk about Mustangs, that's what was happening. Yeah, he's, <laughs> that's what he's gonna do. Yeah, exactly. It was fantastic. Like the Subaru guys are like standing over there with like their arms crossed, looking at us, and I'm just like, I don't. I mean, I can't stop the dude. It's cool. 
Like, yeah, but he was like inviting us. Show. He was like, "You guys are still in North Carolina." I was like, "Yeah, we're still in North Carolina." He's like, "Man, okay, well, I'm I'm doing the GRC race like a couple weeks from now. Like, you guys should just go up there to Jersey, meet up with me, and like we'll just just party. Like, dude, you guys need a place to stay. You can stay with our RV. Like, I'm I'm gonna bring the big family RV. And like, man, worst case, I got like tents and stuff. You guys can just camp out with us. Like, just you should just come up there, and then we'll just come back like the next weekend. We were like, dude, this is. Are you really like inviting us to go tour?" with you like on grc and he's just like yeah yeah you should definitely do that we obviously we didn't make it to new jersey but we did like yeah. try to ha- hook up with him later on and it was just a little bit too hectic of, to try to do scheduling but like yeah uh, it wasn't that long after that, that was his personality that, like, though dude news. he was the nicest guy yeah and, like, oh, he, it was he really weird. was, it was he yes. from like super subdued like mega chill yes. until you like you just got just past that like first level of armor, and then he was like, he was like all for it. He was all in, and it was like he was such a cool cat, man. I really, really dug that guy. Yeah, I miss that dude. Like again, like I say, yeah. it wasn't too much longer after that that you know he's gone, and I just man, it it killed us. Like my buddy Mark was the one that found out first, and just was just like, man. You know, man, when, when I heard that, that, that really, that fucked with me for a couple of weeks, honestly, just, he was yeah. such a yeah. great guy and you would have never thought, you know what I mean? No. I mean, I love seeing all the, the, the Bucky stuff, but like, and I, you know, I, I had an old Bucky board, like back in the day, like an OG Bucky yeah, yeah. board when he was like 16, you know? Um, yeah. and I, I love that. I love it. I love it. And he, but I, I haven't met him in person. So like, I can't speak to, I've heard he's super awesome in real life, but like, yeah, Bucky's again, a good dude. I've met him Dave a few times. It was awesome. Bucky, Bucky's yeah. a decent dude. It was, it's one of those things like Dave kind of flew under the radar with the Subaru stuff yeah. because he wasn't running open class. Um, but yeah. dang, it was great. Do you remember that ad campaign they did with, uh, like the, yeah, where he had the, the people in the car. Like he drove yeah, them around. Was, but, like, I forgot what the, they were called. The, it was like, just go fast or something. You know, they were handing out tennis uh, get balls. More that G's. Like get, more G's. Getting, get more G's. Yeah. Yeah. That was get more G's. I think I still yeah, which have was, one of those somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Those, oh, man, that was crazy. Um, all right. Well, that was a <laughs> blast in the past. Let's talk about another blast in the past. Just before we started this podcast, I uh, proposed a little test. Now, both of us are pretty OG. That means both of us <laughs> were on Nasiak and we were, we were, we were, Big talkers on Nasiak, you know, both in our <laughs> own particular areas and whatever. And one of the old things we used to do, and it was kind of like showing your rank at one point, is what was your member number on Nasiak? Now, both of us also immediately said, look, we were around during the iClub Nasiak split. Yes. This is getting way split. old for some of y'all. Um, <laughs> and both of us hung out on iClub for a while, probably quite a bit longer than we probably should have and therefore we missed the initial big jump over to nasiak um so did you get your member number and i can't i it still won't let me log in and it just gave me the five attempts uh now i have to wait 15 minutes so you're gonna okay no 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 no, no. i'm gonna look your ass up i'm gonna look your ass up what is your member name (laughs) old school with a k W-R-X. Old S-K-O-O-L-W-R-X. W-R-X. Yep. Because, you know, had a GC. 
That's Man, I'm on, interested baby. to see what you find. <laughs> come on, baby. <laughs> oh, come on. This is, this is one of the reasons these are failing. Oh, it won't let you find it? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 it was, it was taking a real... Okay, okay, I found you. Hold on. Pull it up. And Nancy acts just really slow these days. Yeah, it really is. A boot. Um, I hate that it's kind of falling right. apart. It's just, you think um, you got me or not? No, I don't think so. Because like I said, that was my second username. Like, I, I don't think, I don't, I'm pretty sure, like, it was. I mean, you're, I'm going to give you this. Even if that was your second name. username, you're pretty OG, okay? Like, you can definitely <laughs> claim OG. But your member number is nice. 66,248. Which oh, wow. would have yeah. put you after the bug eye clout came through but before yes. sti yep. yep okay yeah so my member number because i fart dust is damn near half yours <laughs> at 37078 yeah. and even then i showed yeah. up late <laughs> how many how long did you stay on iclub before you went over to nazioc like a year uh yeah probably Probably yeah, a year, maybe yeah, even a year and a half, something like that. It was a long time. And then I had I had the user, like I I, I needed to sign into NASIAC because I wanted to look at some or post on something. But the majority of what I did yeah. was still on iClub for a very long time until you quickly started to realize everything on iClub was just linked from NASIAC. And I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. So I stopped. Yep. I don't even exactly. remember the last time I tried to go to iClub. Yeah, same here. Like once it, like Josh you say, Aldridge, once this was on dial-up. I mean, off. at one point there was times <laughs> yes. I had to use dial-up to go to Nasiak. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait about ten minutes to log in. It'll be fine. Oh man, yeah. you remember having to give people fifty-six K warnings on large pictures? Yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, then the downside is, is everybody started linking to photo buckets, and then there's no photo bucket anymore. So everything's yeah, photo gone. Went under, like, everything and it broke. broke. Gone. It broke Nasiak. Like a lot of these pictures that you really needed are gone. It sucks, man. Yep. That that yep. It, it was such a great resource, and it's it's unfortunately it really was. Um, it really yep. was, man. Like there was there one of the best write ups about how FA um, WRX ABCS works is the write up on Nasiak where the dude went and pulled a bunch of mechanism and function pages out of the Subaru manuals and like the best explanation, like. When I went to first start, like, okay, I'm a little nervous about the fact you can retard the damn cams on a WRX. Like, that seems a little weird. Why would I need to do that? Um, and you know, the write up was was fantastic and totally gave me a like a there's good still, like, hey, it, all right, here's what it, I can do and here's what I should do. There's still great, great info on Nasiak. Like, one of the things I oh, yeah. still link people to is the Unabomber's manifesto on Nasiak. Yes. Because there's so yes. much, and the turbo it's, some of it's some of it's outdated. But yeah. man, it, it it the the core of whatever it, the the posts and stuff in it's good. It's really good info. It's really good info, yeah. and and I can't if it's, if you're new to this stuff, you know, it's it's something you really should look into. Yeah, like Subaru 101. It's really yes, like, that's hey, really man, what it is. is. It's basics. aftermarket is Subaru 101. 
Yep. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, and yep. then the turbo chart, I still reference some of the stuff on the turbo chart. I mean, it's way out of date now too, but like yeah. man, there's still some stuff that's accurate. Or like IDing a JDM uh engine, I still do use some of that thread to like when we got yeah. a version eight like RA engine one time and i was like well, i want to make sure it's actually an ra and i was like you know went through and measured everything based on oh, that and i was like oh it really is have course. you ever like, seen h h25 heads no what is an h25 uh, head oh man so just hearing you're gonna love this because i found this out the other day and again i've been i've been doing this a minute and i've seen some shit Okay, so it's really hard to stump me. <laughs> I had a customer hit me up. He's like, I got H25 heads. Um, I'm looking at a block. You know, I need to know the right one, yada, yada, yada. So I'm thinking, H25, what would you assume that would go to? Just off top of your head. Uh, mm, I'm going to go with it's a single overhead cam variant, or is it not? Well, first off, let's just start with a 25. What would you assume? Okay, yeah, it's got to be a 2.5. You would think, right? <laughs> an h25 is a turbo two liter head it was on like the really early ej20x's oh, really no early ej20x's ah. yeah oh, really okay. early ones that in in like they changed the casting later on so there's not a ton of them but it is a two liter mm. head so if you That's, ever see an H25... You know what? Somebody was trying to sell me some of those the other day, actually. A buddy of mine, Edwin, was trying to sell me a set of H25s. I was like, what the fuck are those? He hey, was like, they're well, they're actually good heads. heads. Like they, they have, if I'm right, they have big ports, too. Just let you Yeah, know. that's what he said. He was like, yeah, that's not the same as a regular 20. I was like, is this one of those? So he had uh, a But it's not a 2.5 liter head. It's 2 liter. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. So he says, he said the combustion chambers were would work for a 2.5. I don't know how accurate he is. Um, I was like, well, what are the CCs? And he, he never gave me that. Um, yeah. And I ended up with a different set of, of like, whatever, just regular uh, W25s, like, at the machine shop. So I was like, all right, yeah, I don't need those. Thanks, though. I mean, just just so you know. <laughs> that's wild, though. That's funny. It, I, yeah. Yeah, I would have never guessed that's what those castings are. Like, that's funny. Oh, I'm dude. Wow. Yeah, it was matter and hell. Matter it's than that hell. damn engine. That, that damn engine. That damn 20X20Y. Just the bane of some of my existence. Dude, man. And the, the, how they're just getting shoved into all sorts of random crap by these yeah. crap shops because yeah. they're getting them for 1500 bucks. Then they'll yep. flip them and then they'll drive around without a tune or anything. They'll blow up and then they yep. show up to you thinking they got yep. like. They drive like shit. It's an STI. That it's yeah. driving like total yes. shit. All I need is a tune. No, you need a little nope. more. Yeah, need a little more. We have to have the discussion. Hey, what did you do for the cams? What? What now? What do you mean? What did I do with the cams? Oh, so you just you just unplugged those exhaust cam solenoids? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh huh. I, I'm not gonna tune that. I'm not gonna fuck with it. Like, you need to fix it, or you can pay us to fix it, and then they don't like that price either because that was the whole point. Was like, well, I threw this in there because it was the budget option for my. GRWRX is like that's the wrong wrong choice, sir. I the only oh, time guy. I have actually liked it was we have a customer that has a 2009 uh legacy GT or no 2008 legacy GT wagon. Um, that somebody did everything but right hand drive swap it to put all of the JDM like before uh whatever the weird version yeah. of like above a GT. Um, 
So it has like a, a proper 20X, 20Y with it's running on a 2010 STI computer, uh, ECM, like they wired it all to work right. Um, so yeah, the, the cluster works. Everything works correctly. It's like driving a left-hand drive Japanese legacy GT. It's super cool. Um, and then now he's like, yeah, I, I need to tune it. You know, I'm having some weird little issues. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, it, an access port still works. So we're going to put an access port on it and tune it. But yeah, yeah that, that's the only one that we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the box, this was done correctly. We don't have to do anything but tune it. Yeah. But literally everyone else, it's like, it, I just need you to tune it now that I got it in the car. You're like, no, no, not, not at all. <laughs> so Damn, what, do you, what, do you what are you messing around with these days? What, what's, what's your, your go-to? What, what do you, you got any fun projects popping out in the future here? What's, what's going um, on? We're, I, Steve's elbow deep in a bunch of, of the usual, like what I, we would consider usual engine work. Like we average like one and a half kind of engine jobs a month. Um, maybe a little more. Uh, he's kind of slammed with just like that, just regular in and out, what we would consider in and out, which is kind of sad to say for, you know, a shop that like your in and out work is engine builds in turbo cars all the time, but it is what it is. Um, as far as me, like I'm just trying to do a little more to run the shop than work in it. Um, sure. I, like I am still buried in some shit right now. Like I, you know, I'm, I've got like Diag on a shitty 06 uh, XT that I'm pretty sure a rat gnawed through part of the harness. So I've been having oh. to do electrical Diag. Um, but it's cool. We have. Like we have a new tech that's working with us. That's he's younger, like kind of entry level dude. Um, but like is working to learn more than anybody before him, which is super helpful because me and Steve are shitty teachers. Like we're terrible instructors. Like I I can't train anybody. Like that hasn't ever worked out. So we're we're happy that it's working out this time. Like I'm I'm trying to get him like on the right path. Uh, you know, me and Steve have like I don't know we're pretty persnickety assholes um especially me at this point like to your point like the 20x thorn in my side there's a whole lot of thorns in my side because it's like man you guys just can't seem to do some of the simple shit right like just do this use the right bolts like don't cross thread yeah. your plugs like just simple <laughs> do, shit like please do don't, basic don't things load the parts can it. yes yeah. like one of the things that kills me the most that you know, quick rant about the quote unquote industry, right? The, the thing that frustrates me about DIY guys these days is they are not the same as they were when they went to Nazioc for write-ups. Um, I don't feel like there's anybody really leading the charge like there used to be. Um, like the YouTube guys are not fantastic. I like, you know, for Diag stuff and just general Subaru knowledge, like Mr. Subaru, he's pretty good. Um, I'm friends with Charles, like humble mechanic, like, but you know, he's a Volkswagen guy, but like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't feel like there's really anybody putting out really good information. And the other thing that frustrates me is like, man, if you don't know, like, don't go ask other people that don't know to parrot some shit they read, like the that's, manual that's exists the and you have access to it. That is one of the biggest issues that, that we have. I, I will say that. There is some good and bad to the YouTube 
um, side of it. Yeah. Um, don't get me yeah. wrong. There's some horrifically bad information from some very oh. large outlets. Um, yes. But then yes. you also have, you have some guys that the are smaller that are, that are, you know, they're doing their best to do things right. Like I, you know, and, and at least doing, doing them, we may have differing opinions on certain things, but they're doing a, a overall pretty good job. Like Smedia was in here earlier. Smedia yeah. is actually like, I think he does a decent job of the stuff that he does. He's going yeah. through different generations like I, and he's, I like that guy. But then you have his early stuff. For every his one early of those, stuff I'm not a fan of. But his later stuff, yeah, absolutely. I loved you, watching him be very transparent about the problems he had with that 3 3 build. Because yeah. I'm one of those people that's like, man, you bit off way more than you're going to be able to chew. And he did. Yeah. But then he walked everybody through that. And dude, that to me, that's been the best wake up call for some certain types of people. Pipe dreamers, right? If your dreams come from a pipe, like probably not great. Like you're probably not going to get them done. But like he definitely was like, hey, I'm going to try and do as much R&D background as I can to even get started on this. And he he did. And he tried to reach out to to experts um, and then watching the problems and being transparent about those problems. Cause you know, there are plenty of channels that only want to show you the wins. So like, that's my favorite thing about his stuff over the last two or three years. They either, like, they either want to show you the wins or better. they want to turn around and immediately blame it on Subaru being crap. Yes. And that, that's yes. what really, yes, puts, exactly. you know, there's, there was a larger outlet that did a thing where they took a, a, a couple of Subarus and did some track time with them and then kept repeatedly yes. blowing engines up uh-huh. and it could have been solved yeah. with some yeah. very, very simple things that yep. I, I, it is. And uh, that did so much damage to the community. And really, I just, yeah, man, that stuff. Like, me. Yeah, it really did. Dude. I I'm on, on a, a private technicians. Like I use it's, mostly dealer text, right? But yeah. like, so the meme that's going around with the, the Gen Z kid in the, the white shoes and he's doing all of the stupid Subaru stereotype memes. He's got like a black Hawkeye on a lift and he's like, Hey, we're ready to go. His friend is like on the camera and he walks in. Hey, are you ready to go? Yeah. Just doing some maintenance on my Subaru. And he's like holding the head gasket. And like, and he's like, yeah, I just got to do an oil change real quick. And there's like a rod sitting in the oil pan. And then Oh yeah, you know, I just gotta we're about ready to go. I just gotta tune for a passenger. I was like, dude, like hit all of the worst, stupidest bottom level stereotypes all at once. That that yep. stupid video it's come across my feed for two weeks. It showed up on the Subaru Technicians page and I couldn't fucking take it. I just lost my shit. I was like, Oh good, this is here. Fantastic. Like all of the fucking stupid ass stereotypes. Like, yeah, it, that shit just breaks what it is, man. Yeah. So yes, anyway, we had a good time, my dude. We've been going for two oh, hours wow. and 50 yeah. minutes. Or, well, sorry. No, no, no. One hour and 50 minutes. One hour I and 50 pass. minutes, yeah. Either way, we're <laughs> damn near two hours here. I think we're going to call it. Um, this was a good time. Got a little more insight into oh, where you yeah, man. you come from and what you're up to. Um, and uh, yeah, we... we we need to do this again. I, I, you know, I appreciate your yeah. input in the the insiders lounge. If people were to need to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do it? And uh, you know, email, what, email, email. So what, what are they best. just? What is what is your email? 
service at turbotime.us. You can message us on Facebook, but I'm always going to send you to email. And if you call, we're going to probably send you to email. We like to do everything over email so that, you know, we have a, a yeah, then you log of conversations. Yep. Yes, there you go. Yep, that's it. That's the biggest thing. Um, And, you know, again, a lot of the stuff we get is like super technical. So, you know, you, you kind of want to expound a little bit and then them actually be able to reference it as opposed to telling them over the phone, they forget it 30 seconds later or, you know, we forget it 30 seconds later. So service at turbotime.us is always the answer. Sweet. Well, um, you guys keep doing you. And if there's anything we could do up here at IEG to help you out, let us know. And uh, For sure, man. I, I do want to say that. Like, the, like, seriously, IEG has been fantastic. I didn't even get to hit on, like, I remember taking blocks up there when they first hired, when JJ and Rick first hired Jim Justice. Like, I had been through a machine shop down here trying to get blocks machined and had four yeah. of them come back. Like, I had to replace four engine builds, like, get the blocks machined and start over, including one I had to send to California. So I was a little upset with my local machine shop. And I had bought torque plates in the whole nine yards. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, I, at one point, like, as soon as Jim Justice left, um, the other person he was working for that I will not even give credit to, um, People that know, know. Like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, when Jim first came over there, I, I called up and was like, hey, what can I do to, to get some blocks done? And they're like, just bring what you got. Um, and I loaded up a, a buddy of mine's bug eye wagon and like brought like six case half sets up there and like came back with four. Like they were, we were trading out cores back in the day. Um, yep. So yeah. That was I, back in the day. I love you guys. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the old, old shop. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when the, the machines were stuffed in the corner. Um, yep. But yeah, I love you guys. Like the, the fact that it's, it's run by enthusiasts, right? I, look, Prey yep. Cobb doesn't have anything to do with Cobb anymore. Jeff Perrin doesn't have shit to do with Perrin anymore. Like JJ still has shit to do Even with Even your IG. favorite person, like, Crawford, no does. longer has anything to do with Crawford anymore. Oh, really? Wow, that's actually a surprise. You know, that was you actually why I don't sucks? have the first username. Is him. Oh, really? What, you get into it with Court back when Court was pretty powerful? Yes. yes. Yeah, he, so he came on Nasiak. I was selling an EJ20G. And so I was online friends with Mike Shields at SPD, who is the guy yes. that built Trey Cobb's first swapped car or whatever. So, like, he is the JDM expert. So I'm like, hey, I have this ej 20 uh, for sale that I was given by this importer. Um, what can I put in the ad? And he's like, well, it's a G out of an early legacy. Um, so it's actually a really cool block. He was like, the heads are not that great. He was like, you know, at the time, I, he was like, yeah, sell it for like a thousand. Uh, and it had a transmission. So he was like, maybe 12. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so I posted it up on Nasiak and like I got the, the typical goofballs that like wanted to put it in their bug eye. And I was like, no, you, you, can't really do that like you'd have to take it all the way apart like nah, that's not really what it's for um and then kurt crawford comes on there and he's like that's not a closed deck block and i was like well you know based on the the vin stamp it's out of an early legacy and you know it's not the g out of the impreza which is the open deck version like i'm getting all this from mike shields and he was like well you're wrong he was like and you're trying to scam people he was like you should pull a head off of uh of it to prove it and I was like, the fuck are you talking about? I'm going to pull a fucking head off an engine I'm trying to sell? What the fuck are you talking about? I was like, no, dude, fuck off. So, yeah. And then I rage quit like Naziak and left for like a year and a half. 
yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It, it is what it is. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it just Grim Speed again. Justin Grim doesn't own it. Oh wow! I didn't know that either. Yeah. Wow. In fact, Grim Speed's kind of going under right now, which is real sad. Yeah. Kinda, they got yeah, bought out by a larger seen. company, and then it's yeah. Oh, it they are yeah. part of the buyout. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. to me, like that is that's the catch twenty two of like all of this consolidation is like I appreciate the fact that you know Cobb, ECU Tech, all of them have you know ended up getting bought and bought and bought and you have this bigger and bigger and bigger conglomeration because what that means for us is that i mean so it doesn't really help me as directly as i would hope right the epa is still going to absolutely hammer down on mid-size shops because they can a usually generate some fines and b they know you have at least some kind of money squirreled away that they're going to try and take from you um if you're too small they don't care because they know you don't have any money and if you're too big they know you can hire lawyers and not have to worry about it and that to me is the best thing about all of the conglomeration is like some of these companies are part of large enough equity firms or or funds or whatever you want to call them ownership that basically says if the EPA wanted to try to sue any of the individual companies or find them, uh, they don't have a big enough war chest to win the, the case. So does it mean that they're going to all go out and you do say that the federal government no. is a very, very powerful entity and yeah, ground zero for that whole thing. Ground zero for the entire thing. The entire thing is still the case against that little shop out in Colorado. Yeah, PRI. Um, that little Honda shop out what? in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. So um the PRI, PRI, PRI got whatever. behind that to fight there. Yeah. So either yeah. way, man, um we're gonna call lost it that case, but they did get it negotiated, so that was cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it, there was a lot that came from that. A lot of people don't realize there's some nuance that came from that 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 oh, yeah, ended definitely. up helping us quite yeah. a bit. So either way, I gotta yes, go. Exactly. I gotta end this right, thing. Man. So Have a good one. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. We will see you guys next week. Later.